Our gospel reading this morning is one of the more famous readings in our biblical canon. And every year on Christmas Day, and every year on the first Sunday after Christmas, this gospel reading is read and subsequently preached on. <clears throat> and that is likely due to the fact that it lays the groundwork for how we have come to understand the incarnation, how we have come to understand God made flesh in our world. It is essential for our understanding of the relationship between God and Jesus, and it is integral in our comprehension of how Christ joined heaven to earth and earth to heaven. <clears throat> in the beginning was the word, the logos of God, the essence of God, the wisdom of God. And the word was with God, and the word was God. All things came into being through the word, the logos. All things came into being through God, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, and you, and me. And then that word that was in the beginning with God and was God became flesh and lived among us. It is beautifully, specifically vague, mysterious language that to me points at the complexity of God and God's longing and ability to be with God's people. But this reading is more than a description of the work and mystery of God made flesh in the incarnation. It is about what the mystery of the incarnation means to and for us as children of God. What has come into being through God, through the word that was with God and was God in the beginning, was life. Life. And that life, that existence, is the light of all people. And that light is that which shines in the darkness of this world, and that the darkness can never overcome. What has come into being in God was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not and cannot ever overcome it. <clears throat> and it is in our baptism that we too get to partake in this divine life, this divine existence, which came into being through God, through the word. And it is by living into our baptismal covenant that our own lives can shine as lights in the darkness of this world. But you and I know that that is not always the easiest of paths. It can be hard to believe that we ourselves can be the light of the world when we carry so much baggage with us, when we don't feel as if we are worthy enough or pretty enough or handsome enough or smart enough or wealthy enough, when we did that really bad thing five days ago or five months ago or five years ago. It can be hard to believe that we are a light in the darkness of this world when everyday life wears us and all around us down to utter exhaustion. But John's gospel serves as a testament to the truth that no matter what, no matter who we are or what we've done, the life that we live in Christ, the light 
that we live out of shines within us and can never be overcome by the forces of this world. And I've seen this truth proclaimed so very clearly in Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Victor Hugo tells the story of a convict, Jean Valjean, who after being in prison for 19 years is released, but is unable to find work or a place to stay. Finally, he is taken in by a local bishop, and after dinner in the night, he steals precious silver from him and flees, only to be caught by police and dragged back in front of the bishop because he said that the bishop had given him the silver. <clears throat> but instead of condemning Jean Valjean to more time in prison, the bishop has compassion on him, confirms his story to the police, and then gives him two more silver candlesticks. His act of kindness and mercy forever changes Jean Valjean's life for the better. And because of that, the lives of those around Jean Valjean are changed for the better as well. Victor Hugo knew that there is nothing in this world that can destroy the God-given life, the God-given light within us. In his book, he wrote, is there not in every human soul a primitive spark, a divine element, incorruptible in this world and immortal in the next? which can be developed by goodness, kindled, lit up, and made to radiate, and which evil can never entirely extinguish. It can be hard to believe that we can be a light in the darkness of this world, and even harder sometimes to believe that some of our neighbors can be a light. But the author of our gospel and Victor Hugo both knew deep within their souls that the divine life, that light which came into being through the word, that life and that light which we live in and through as a result of our baptisms can never be extinguished. It can never be taken away from us. It can never be corrupted. Not today in our earthly life or someday in the future, and our earthly death. And this is part of what the incarnation means for us. Our life, marked by the divine spark, the divine life of Christ, can never be taken away from us. No matter how dark the world may be, how difficult our lives may become, no matter what we have done or where we have been, no matter what horrible things have happened to us, or what horrible things we might have done to another, the divine light of Christ remains in us, shining against all odds. And so we must nurture that light within us so that it becomes flesh, so that it becomes incarnate in our world. <clears throat> Each time we take a step towards mercy, no matter how small, something within us sparks to life. Each time we err on the side of grace and forgiveness rather than revenge, that divine light shines brighter. Each time we seek reconciliation rather than retribution, the sacred flame of God within us grows stronger. 
because as Hugo said, there is in every human soul a primitive spark, a divine element, incorruptible in this world and immortal in the, in the next, which can be developed by goodness, kindled, lit up, and made to radiate, and which evil can never entirely extinguish. Thanks be to God.